Oh. To HBCU Pulse Radio yeah. on Sirius XM Channel 142 HBCU. You're now locked in to HBCU Pulse. We're the number one outlet for HBCU life, talking about everything that's important to our culture. From on-campus issues to politics and what's trending on the yard, we always keep that same energy. Don't touch that dial. You're listening to HBCU Pulse Radio. What's going on, everybody? This is Randall Barnes, the founder of HBCU Pulse and host of HBCU Pulse Radio in the building for another special edition of the show on today, where we are literally, as I'm talking, one week away from college football, specifically HBCU football, the Jackson State University Tigers, led by T.C. Taylor, are going to be going up against South Carolina State University, the Bulldogs, led by legendary head coach Buddy Pugh, in a rematch of the 2021 Celebration Bowl. So that's going to be really fun. It's going to air on primetime on ABC on Saturday, August 26th at 7.30 p.m. Eastern. So make sure to watch it. Make sure to tap in i'm so ready for hbcu football season but i want to give you before we get into football i want to give you that marching band perspective because as you all know marching band culture is synonymous with hbcu football culture so as you all might know or may have heard throughout the summer hbcu pulse partners with the hbcu experience movement and we do interviews of the authors featured in their books And recently, the HBCU Experience Movement released the HBCU Experience, the Southern University System, third edition, and it's an amazing book. So many great alumni in the book, per usual. But I had the opportunity to talk to one of the amazing alumni in the book. His name is Iron Roussel. He is a former member of the Human Jukebox. He's a Spring 2009 initiate of Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated. He's also a member of Kappa Kappa Psi National Honorary band fraternity and he's currently a high school educator band director entrepreneur and motivational speaker we really got into that hbcu band culture during our interview we talked about it all we even talked about drumline the movie we even talked about the new espn band of the year competition that i reported on on clutch points make sure to go look in clutch points we got it all up we got all the details you need to know two articles make sure to go catch up on that we talked about that and got his thoughts on that but we talked about his experience at Southern University and also his experience as a member of the Human Jukebox is very illuminating to the other side of the game because we talk a lot about football. We talk a lot about XNOs. We even talk about media deals, but let's talk about band culture before we make that jump to talk about HBCU football. And remember, Aaron Roussel is in the book, The HBCU Experience, the Southern University System, third edition, available now on Amazon. Make sure to cop it. Make sure to follow HBCU Pulse on Instagram and YouTube at HBCU Pulse, Twitter and TikTok, the HBCU Pulse. Make sure to subscribe to HBCU Pulse Radio on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Odyssey, wherever you get your podcast. And of course, if you want to donate to HBCU Pulse, you can cash up us at dollar sign HBCU Pulse or go to paypal.me slash HBCU Pulse. Any amount is appreciated. All right, let's get into my interview with our own Roussel. You're listening to HBCU Pulse Radio. HBCU. They know just we are. Post Radio. So, man, I'm super excited to talk to you. First and foremost, how does it feel, man? You're doing all these amazing things. 
and you're man. in the HBCU experience, the Southern Merch System, third edition. How does it feel to be in the book, man? It's amazing, man. It's a great opportunity for somebody like myself, man. Uh, when you look back on all of the things that you've gone through and to see where you are now and the opportunities you've gotten, you've gotten and all of the hard work, it shows that it pays off. Somebody's paying attention, somebody sees. And, you know, again, the opportunity is just amazing for me. Why did you choose Southern University as your HBCU? So basically, I chose Southern University simply because the people that were around me at the time when I was trying to read reshape my life and figure things out. And after everything I've gone through growing up with Hurricane Katrina in New Orleans and being relocated, the people in my life at that time were the ones that pretty much put me on a path where I needed to be. And that was guys like um, the, uh, Dr. Isaac Griggs, the, uh, the legendary Dr. Isaac Griggs, uh, Mr. Carnell Knighton, former band directors of Southern University. All of those people, they gave me an opportunity to be who I am right now. So of course, Southern University is it. I considered other colleges. I definitely considered other colleges. But Dr. Greg sat me down and said, man, hey, what do you want to do? I said, I want to be an educator. I want to be a band director. I want to be a music teacher. And he said, look at all these people around you. Are they great educators? Yes. He said, then why not go to Southern University? That's where they went. So if you want to be like them or be better, then why not go where, you know, where the foundation is? So Southern University is where I chose. So you said it was other schools that were in consideration. What are some of them other schools you feel like, like bringing them up? So recruiting for band in New Orleans is big. So all of the colleges are going to go there to recruit those students. Texas Southern was big at the time. Some of my friends that I grew up with was in the band with, they were going to Texas Southern. So as a high school kid, you're saying, I'm going where it's familiar. Well, then Southern University became what was familiar for me. Marching in Louisiana Leadership Institute, I really was, I was on Southern's campus all the time. I got to see where the band practiced. I marched where the band practiced. I considered a couple other colleges, Miles College, Jackson State University, Texas Southern University, but it all came down to SU, which was the best decision I've ever made. I got to start with this before we start off just going through each year. You were yeah. a member of the Human Jukebox. And see, here's the thing. Like, I just started a new job, man, today. I, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm a writer for Clutch Points, you know, and I'm leading the HBCU strategy, associate editor of HBCU content for Clutch Points. And today, this is so crazy. I wrote an yeah. article. I don't know if you heard about it. ESPN just announced today that they're doing a national band competition yeah, at the I Celebration Bowl. Ain't that last so what do you think about this, man? Like, how big is this? Is this a big deal? Is it just, you know, is what it is? Like, how do you feel about this, man? I mean, man, it's it's a major thing to get banned on that level, on that national level, already national in its own right, this national notoriety in its own right. But to go to ESPN, which is, you know, predominantly sports, which it is basically sports. They'll catch, you know, a few other tidbits of news here and there, but you're talking about band. We're talking about something. And there was this thing, uh, marching sport. You know, back in the day, we had marchingsport.com. Well, here we are. The marching sport has finally transitioned over into the actual sports realm. And people will be able to, to see that. There are people who aren't exposed to the band culture. And they'll be able to see that in its in its glory. And it's, you know, everything that's just amazing about the marching sport, they'll be exposed to it. So I, I love it, man. I'm, I'm happy for it for the culture. I'm happy for the culture altogether. Is Southern going to be there? Is four schools, MEAC, SWAC, SIC, CIAA? Southern going to be there? The gonna... event is going on in Southern University. Human Jukebox Marching Band is not there. You might as well cancel the event. You don't have it without the Mecca. I'm sorry. 
listen, we gonna see, and I'm rude, I'm rude for Southern, man. But let's go on and get into your time at Southern University. So we're gonna go year by year and just talk about all you did on the yard and your experiences. So first, let's talk about your freshman year, man. What was your freshman year like? Freshman year was a blur. I mean, you're a freshman in the band in the human jukebox. You're getting readjusted to, to life in a different world. Getting adjusted to college, flat out a blur. I couldn't tell you exactly what happened. All I know is I looked up and it was Bayou Classic and I was happy because now I'm finished. I can grow my hair back, you know, like, you know, crabs, we were still bald then, you know, with freshmen, we were bald. But I was able able to grow my hair back. I was able to see my people, enjoy, and just really get adjusted to college life. Just it was amazing. And that freshman year, going into my spring, had much more freedom. Got to enjoy the school because you know we didn't have that many events. We didn't have all of those games on Saturday. So you got to really see what college life is. And our directors always told us, you know, when you get more freedom, that's when things start to happen. That's when you start to get a tad bit more complacent. So you got to stay locked in as if it was the fall. So, man, college was amazing, though, man. It just, I, it's my favorite, it's my favorite thought to have, college. If I could go back and live and be in college forever, I definitely would. Man, it, it was just amazing, man. So I have to always ask anybody that comes on, I was a member of an HBC band about this, so. You know, Drumline is a classic, and Drumline is the movie. I know you've been asked this before, but I'm gonna ask you this again on the interview. Like, was Drumline accurate? Because I was just watching the behind the scenes documentary. Nick Cannon hosted it, so it was on the DVD, and they had Nick Cannon hosted, and they were talking all about the, the, the process of the band, how they came up with the movie, and not once did they say HBCU, and it was based off Dallas Austin's high school life. And I'm like, how you writing? How you doing HBCU movie? About high school drum. So I gotta ask I you. <laughs> I don't know what band directors going to sit in anybody's living room and recruit them. Let wait, hold up. Let alone a percussionist. Band directors, there's this adage that man, it doesn't matter what's gonna happen. You're gonna have enough drum. You don't have to worry about recruiting drummers. But to let alone to go all the way to New York to sit in your living room and recruit you as a, a snare drummer, nah. But there were some things that I saw that were accurate, was really, really cool. Of course, the dynamic of what's popular and what's not, what band programs are going more towards the, the pop world than the traditional music world. So those things were very accurate. But as far as a few other things, it was just... <laughs> The the guys that are in the band, they're just they're not gonna say drumline is the first reference. And we all hate when people reference. Matter of fact, I got a call about a performance from a high school and the lady said she wanted what was on drumline. She just assumed that was what we do. That is hilarious. So I, I gotta ask this because we talk about freshman year and and, and 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 you had Dev, he was a freshman and he got in the band. You had the band director, Dr. Lee, recruit him like like he a five-star quarterback, you know, in 2002. And he go in now, he sat in his living room, he couldn't read music. Is that realistic? Can you be a freshman in the human jukebox and not read music? Not that's not happening. You have to audition. You have to audition. There's no coming there, then you audition. No, you have to audition before they even consider welcoming welcoming you in, before you even get a letter. And 
I don't know Mr. Jackson, Dr. Greg, uh, uh, Mr. Knighton, Mr. Hamer, all of those guys. Nobody's going to your living room to hear you play in front of your mom. Like, no, nobody's doing that. As we see, you, you see the differences between one freshman experience and a fictional freshman experience. You see that's yeah. we, we just want to say we we clearing up drumline cool movie ain't that true. All right, we're just gonna we're gonna leave it there. <laughs> so Bayou Classic, you performed at, at the Bayou Classic year for your freshman year. So what was that experience like? Like being at the Bayou Classic your freshman year? Seeing all of those people. I've never performed in I, no wait. Before then, I performed at the Rose Bowl in high school, but to see that stadium. I grew up in New Orleans. I'm from New Orleans. And to see the Superdome packed like that as if it was a Saints game and all of those people are cheering and, and you're in the middle of that field, man, it, it was just amazing. I'm speechless when thinking about it simply because that changed my mindset at that point as it pertains to what we're doing here at Southern University. We're on the national stage. Being on the national stage, these people are going to see you raw and uncut they're going to see you and they're going to be able to pull this footage all of the time so you're going to have to make sure that you're performing at, at a top tier level and me thinking that in my head i'm like i can't mess up i cannot mess up on tv my mom was gonna see me on tv sure enough as soon as i got back they done recorded it they done snapped. they saw my little two seconds i was on tv they got it and, and I, I cherish those moments I cherish it because that made me into the person that I am. I have to be ready for performance. I have to be. There's no such thing as not being ready for performance. So let's get to your sophomore year. What was sophomore year like for you? Oh, yeah. oh you get back as a sophomore and you're just saying, all right, cool. I'm, I'm, I'm not a freshman anymore. I start to, you start to feel yourself a little bit more. You start to step into some leadership roles. And, and uh, I was a bit more vocal about what it was I was doing because I had aspirations of being a section leader. Even being a band director, of course, you know, I'd see all of the the seniors, the juniors and seniors, they'd get up on the podium and they'd warm the band up and rehearse the band and even teach music. And I said, man, I got to be there. That, what do I have to do to prepare for that? Just knowing that this was coming, I had to prepare myself. And I, I cannot say that I've done the, I did the absolute best job preparing for that moment when we got there. But I just knew at that point as a sophomore, I, I looked up to those people and said, I have to have it. So I was working extra hard to to impress the, the directors and to improve as a musician and just to be somebody, to be somebody on the yard, to be somebody on the yard. That's where I was saying as a sophomore, now my focus is who am I? Who am I to everyone else? It's one thing to be somebody to yourself, but other people are looking at you and that perception is their reality. To be somebody on the yard. So what do you mean by to be somebody on the yard? Because I know that it's a misconception about popularity in college. Like it's not as taboo going back to the media. A lot of people are like, hey, you have the jocks, you have this, you have that, you have the Greeks, you have the band. Like what is somebody on Southern Yard when you're a part of the band? Like, are you like like a celebrity or folks running up getting your autograph? Like what, what does it mean to be a part of the, of the human jukebox on Southern's campus? Well, when you're walking around with that S on, you already know that, one, you cannot embarrass the, the the entity that you're a part of. You cannot embarrass Southern University Band. That's one thing. All of the band members, we are who we are in our own right. But for me, I wanted to, at some point, say, what impact do you have here at Southern University? What impact do you have when people see you? What do they know you for? So they start, people start to see me, oh, you're, you're the guy that you're in the band or 
you're pled, you know, you're a part of a fraternity or you're a part of something that's impactful. You're making a change. Or when I see you, there's a certain experience that I can relate you with that I have. So um, yeah, that was major for me. That was something that I thought about as a sophomore going into my sophomore, sophomore year. I wanted to improve on who I was being in the band. I wanted to be somebody to my peers, to my crab brothers, to the people that were in the band program and just step into more responsibility. So being somebody on the yard is really more so about what impact can you make? What impact can you make that people can remember you by? So how did you balance schoolwork, social life, and being a part of the band? Because you sounded dedicated. Like you were dedicated to ascending up that ladder. And sometimes when you're dedicated to that craft and that journey, it's hard to juggle it all. So how did you balance school, band, and your social life? I didn't have a balance. I'm just be honest. I didn't have a balance at all. A social life, you kind of get that where you know where you can. Your hours in college are a bit longer. You're not going to sleep 10 p.m. It's not happening. We're just getting out of band practice. Sometimes I'm still up 12, 1, hanging out, doing whatever. So you tend to find time for those things, the things that you really want. School, I got to do a few things here, a few things there. I got to work around that lunchtime. If I'm going to the union, maybe on the next day, I can't go to the union next, the next day. I have to go and practice. I have to go work on my recital. I have to go do all of these things. So you kind of make it work. You don't necessarily have a balance. I can't say somebody in college, you really have a, a set balance that you want to keep going as it pertains to your schooling and your working and your social life. You kind of let things go as they are, but you try to prioritize things so that you get the keep the main thing, the main thing, you know? So like, how did you keep the main thing, the main thing? Like, how did you keep yourself together in handling your schoolwork and chasing ascending in the band? The goal in college is to graduate. And all of the goals were tied hand in hand. You can't be a section leader if you're not on your studies. You can't be a section leader if you're not socially conscious. You, you're you not considerate of all of these people. You don't have a connection with these people. You can't be a section leader if you're not being an outstanding musician. You have to do all of these things. So all of them tie hand in hand. So the balance naturally works itself out when you're just doing right by all of your responsibilities. And what I hear from you is discipline. Like that, that that's what I hear. I, the overwhelming quality that I hear is that level of discipline that sophomore year, a lot of folks don't have. So I know yeah. junior year for you, the discipline carried you far. So tell us about your junior year. Like what was your junior year like? Well, I can tell you this, the junior year was <laughs> where the discipline slightly went out of the window because in the spring of my sophomore year, I pledged. I crossed the Beta Sigma chapter of Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated. And at that point, I said, all right, I have another, I have another huge entity that's a part of my life. And I have to find a way to, to put this on the plate and digest all of it. So stepping into that junior year, I was performing left and right, performing with the band, step show, step master this. We got this step show here. We're going going to Bayou Classic, we're going to the homecoming, we're stepping at another school, we're performing here, performing for these high school kids, middle school kids, jump back to band, have to perform here, there, the union, we're traveling to California. I, You lose sight of some things at times. And school kind of 
fell off a bit. But I took I did my absolute best to pull up on the back end of my junior year because I was able to find that balance, if you will. I was able to find that balance that I needed to get back on track while doing all of these new massive things that I've added to my plate. Wow. So like what was it was it fun? Because you know, for, for me when, yeah. when I graduated, yeah. like life slowed down even now to this point of course when i graduated i graduated fall 2019 right before covid so i graduated before covid got here and then everything was shut down for show when covid happened but like before that i was moving around going all these different places and life slowed down even to this day i'm still trying to adjust to it but you had a way crazier schedule than me in the band you're greek you're doing all these different things so like was it exciting or was it burdensome it it was a burden that I would willingly carry every day because it made me who I am now. It made me appreciate responsibility. It made me appreciate all of the things that go along with the responsibility, especially when you're successful at it. Because people look at you and say, man, you're doing all of these things and you're actually good at it and you're actually succeeding and you're actually making something out of it. Yeah, I would definitely take that burden any day. Those were the best years of my life the best years of my life simply because I was active. I was involved. I was becoming something. I was literally becoming somebody that people look forward to seeing. And that's who I am as an educator. Now my students look forward to seeing me. If I'm not there, that day is bad for them. So people started to anticipate whether I'd be there or not. What would it be like if you were in this step show, what would it be like if you were a part of this particular area in the band or if you were performing here, so on and so forth. My biggest thing is I wanted people to feel that for myself, if I am a part of it, you're going to get something great out of it. You're going to always have a good experience when you see it. And, you know, I, I, I just those I miss those days because that was a time for me where I was seeing my growth happen. I was seeing my growth happen as a person. And I just, it's surreal just being in that moment, seeing everything transpire. Let's talk about your senior year, right? So you're doing all these things, like you got more hours in the day than the rest of us. You making it happen out here, part of all these different organizations and human jukebox traveling, you stepping, you're playing everywhere. So how was your senior year like that last year that you want to get back? Like, what was your senior year like? So it took me six years to get out of school. Now I talk about this. Why? This is what I'm going to tell you. So my senior year was terrible. My senior year was the absolute worst year. It was a year that kind of broke me in a sense because I was so ambitious, but I started to step beyond my limitations. I started to go beyond my limitations. You know, it was just a rocky year for me in the band. I was actually demoted at a certain point simply because I was, you can't want more for something than the actual headband director or the leader, or you can't want more for something, for that, for that entity. Even though you might see something, you have to know where you're supposed to be as it pertains to your leadership position because they see things that you don't see. So while I'm blindly thinking about we should be doing this, we should be doing that, or this should go this way, I started to feel myself versus understanding what the band directors see beyond the, the initial decision that you want to make. So I had a point, point in time in the year where I was demoted. I, I'm just being transparent. I had a time where the band director embarrassed me in front of the crowd. <laughs> like it was, it was a humbling 
year. I think we we lost the step show that year. We lost homecoming. Like we lost bad. It was bad. And I was, man, I I just remember that year and said everything went so bad that year that now I have to find a way to come back full force. I have to come find a way to to reinvent who I want to be and, and the things that I want to do. And all of my downfalls were nobody else's but my own. Stepping into these responsibilities, again, you cannot step beyond your responsibility and your limitations. Whatever your responsibility is, I learned that that year. That's what you have to be. That's who you have to be. You have to make sure that you respect what's above you. You have to also respect what's below you and just continue to do your job the best way that you possibly can and respect all of your limitations. Senior year was wild. It was wild, but I remember everything vividly because that taught me all of the things that I should not do as a leader or an aspiring leader. So here we go. We move on into senior year B, which would be the actual my fifth year, came back full force, like full force, step team. My actual senior year, we had an arranging class at Southern University. So just being able to write your music and have the Southern University band play it is amazing. Well, my arrangement that I wrote was terrible. It was terrible. And they still, I still have peers from the band. They'll call me randomly and clown me about that all the time, like literally. But that next year where I came back, when I did Trey Songs, Dive In, and I like I did a great job with it. And they were just cheering. They're like, yeah, yeah, man, you did your thing. I felt redeemed. The next year, we went to uh, with the step team with Alpha, with Beta Sigma, went to nationals, all the way to nationals, one Bayou Classic, one homecoming. Like we were just winning. We were on a tear because I just had a brand new, fresh mindset that next year as it pertains to who I wanted to be and, and what I wanted to do and who I want to become as a leader. Yeah, <laughs> it was it was the time that I had to put in, but. It was all worth it, man. All of the downfalls, everything, the good, the bad, it was all worth it. Man, listen. We talking about the book, you got a chapter in the HBCU experience of Southern University System 3rd edition, yeah. but like what you just described to me was the ending of a good movie when you arranged Trey Songz diving and they started cheering. I can honestly hear the music. They didn't make a movie about you. <laughs> I'll never forget that stuff, man, because I, I just, like when that, that first initial arrangement that I had, man, I just thought, I didn't want to do this anymore. I didn't want to be a band director anymore. I didn't, like, I was ready to give up. I was ready to change my major and do something else. You know, I just felt demoralized. But, you know, that's the thing about Southern University, man. It's going to keep you honest. Southern will keep you honest about who you are and what you're doing because everything about this university is genuine. You don't get to fake it. Somebody's going to hold you accountable. Somebody's going to set you straight so that you cannot go out into the world lying to yourself about who you are and what you want to do and where you want to go. You have to keep it real with yourself at all times because you got to keep it real with the people that's on the yard. So we have, we have a question from the audience, uh, from your student. I think this is a great question. Did your college experience change your lifestyle today? Yeah, college changed everything about me today. I was different. I was a different guy. I just, I, I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I just finished talking to them about that today. You don't get to say, I don't know, to the question of what do you want to do with your life as a person, as a young, as a student, 9th, 10th, 11th, 12th, whatever. You don't get to say, I don't know. You need to have some type of purpose about 
what you're doing today so that you can eventually meet that goal. So definitely then I didn't know what I wanted to do. I figured out what I wanted to do like halfway through my freshman year. I figured out that I really wanted to be a band director halfway through my freshman year and I wanted to be a music educator. So yeah, college definitely changed everything about who I am right now. I probably would, I tell them all the time, I wouldn't be a band director if I didn't go to college. I'd probably be working at Wendy's. I'd probably be a manager somewhere. No, no slight to those people, but like I, I'm thankful for the position I'm in now. I'd probably still be at Taco Bell though, on Perkins Perkins Road in Baton Rouge. I'd probably be a manager right now. I probably, you know, it, I that was I enjoyed that place. I was happy there. I was good, but I had to step into this new realm that was going to challenge challenge me and require more of me. So, I think that's a great transition into your chapter of the book because you have an experience. I was joking about how you in a movie, first you really do, it's not even a joke, you really need a movie, man. But <laughs> we gotta start with the chapter though. You gotta start with your chapter in the HBC Experience Southern University System third edition. And tell us about what's chronicled in your chapter because there's so much you said here. So what do you talk about in your chapter? Well, basically in my chapter, I give you my experience, but I, I give you the, the thing that I was so enamored, enamored with about Southern University when I first saw the band, it was Homecoming. 2006, that first time I saw Southern University Band in person, you can literally hear the band in the distance. That's the thing. When the band's marching from the band room, I'm not a part of this band yet, but I, I kind of got an idea what's going on. So you hear the percussion, and you hear the, all of a sudden behind the percussion, you hear the whole band yelling, hey oh, hey oh, and it's coming. So you know something is coming. And as they turn into the stadium, you would think as massive as that sound was and as masculine as that sound was, that's what you were going to see. No. First thing you see, the dancing dogs. Elegance, grace, strength as, as women. And they come through and they, they're the forefront of this, this massive entity that you in your mind have imagined is about to turn the corner. You see them first. And then it's just like, okay, this is, this is about to be good. So the band comes through that playing Get Your Number by Mariah Carey. And I'm just like, man, I have never heard anything like this before. I've been in band all this time, but I've never heard it like this. I've never heard that stereophonic sound. I've never heard that massive sound coming from uh, an entity. And I just say, I feel it. It's one thing to hear it, but you feel it. When you feel it in your chest, man, that's different. It's totally different. Fast forward to halftime. They performed, they performed Love and Happiness. They performed Love and Happiness, and, and the guy was singing. Man, I forgot his name, but he was singing. And I'm just feeling this, this whole this whole homecoming vibe, this, this cookout vibe. It felt like family. Everybody was into it. Everybody was all a part of it. All the people on the wayside, on the home side, everybody was having the same feeling. And it was just, it was amazing. I had never seen anything like it. Never seen anything like it. So at that point, I said, yeah, I'm going to Southern University. I'm definitely going. I'm going to this university. I'm going to be in that band. I am going to be a part of that band. I'm going to be a figure in that band. I'm going to become something, whatever I figure out what I'm going to do. I'm going to become something. But it is going to start with that group. It's going to start with Southern University. So, man, going even into that, talking about being on ESPN. I stepped on ESPN. We, we, what was it? Sports Nation with Michelle Beadle and forgot my guy's name. Uh, Colin Cow, was, was it Colin Cowherd or was it somebody else? It was, 
wasn't Colin Collins, black guy. Marcellus Wiley? Marcellus Wiley, yeah. Yeah, so we stepped on Sports Nation, man, and that clip comes up from time to time. And I just have to watch it, you know, and just remember that moment. It was beautiful. It was, I, I, I never forget it. And people would constantly send that to me. Man, I remember this day. We were cheering for you and we were, I'm like, I don't even know you. <laughs> like, I don't even know who you are, but you were cheering for me. What's up, man? How you doing? What's good? You know, and, and that was a that was a beautiful moment. That was amazing. Those times you don't just get, they don't just happen. Like you have to be set up for that. You have to have done something to be even considered to be, you know, in that position. So yeah, man, that whew, it's a lot, man. It's a lot. I, I do my best to describe my 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 experiences. I do my best to give you a, a, a way that I can, you know, just paint the picture for you. Man, listen, it's a writer's strike right now going on in Hollywood, but we basically got the script ready. Just get get your chapter. And we just, we just convert that thing to a script and we go. <laughs> if I can get this movie off the ground, y'all ain't got nothing to worry about. I'm, you know what? I'm, you're going to be the first person I come and see. For sure. And, and think about the tagline going to be better than the drumline. That's going to be the tagline. <laughs> Based on a true story. Listen, I love it. I love it, man. Listen, you, ha you have an amazing story. We can't wait to read your, your, your chapter. Like I said, it's going to be like a movie. So we're super excited. The HBCU Experience, the Southern University System, third edition. It's coming out on August the 3rd on Amazon. Make sure to go get it and read this chapter. It is powerful. So before we go, tell everyone where they can find you on social media. You can find me on social media on Instagram at IR1X777. Again, IR1X777. Or you can follow me at the Flocus brand, which is my brand, T-H-E-F-L-O-W-C-U-S brand, the Flocus brand. You can also follow me on, on Facebook, Iron E. Roussel, that's me. And just stay tuned. I'm also the band director at David W. Carter High School here in Dallas, Texas. So you can follow at DWCC Band. And you can keep up with us and all of these great performances that we have, man. And cheer my, my students on. Let them see you. Let them feel you, you know? Like what you hear? Uh, yeah. Subscribe to HBCU Pulse Radio on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, head to HBCUPulse.com to stay up to date on what's going on in the HBCU community. Thank, Thank you, you for, for listening, listening to HBCU, HBCU Pulse, Pulse Radio. Radio.